When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in to our West Loop offices here in downtown Chicago. This is Studio A. Of oh, what the hell am I doing? Welcome into Studio A in our West Loop, Chicago. Ooh, welcome into Studio A here in the West Loop of Chicago. We are coming to you live after a White Sox. Winner, 17 to 4. Had you gone three strikes on that, I would have made you take that hat and throw it off, off the, off the set. Yeah, but then I'd, I'd show my, uh, my bald head. Hmm? It's the you price you got to pay for striking out on the intro. Uh, but, uh, but they won 17 to 4. There's no reason to be yeah, upset. There's no reason to be. Good. The vibes are good today. Very high. Uh, Sun is shining. It's 80 degrees. Beautiful day and outside. Life is good. Hanser Alberto had his first career four for four year or four four for four day. Uh, what do we make of the 17 to four output? Scored a hell of a lot of runs, didn't they? Uh, Graham Ashcraft, not to be confused with Graham Nashcraft, which is uh, you know rock for all you rock and roll fans out there. Uh, Came in tremendously. He'd only given up, I think it was uh, six runs all year. Uh, maybe eight runs. Oh, it was eight runs. It was eight runs all year. Two ERA, two, eight runs in six starts, and the White Sox scored eight runs off of him in one inning. Of course, that wasn't even the total of the damage that they did in one inning with 11 runs in that second inning against Cincinnati. But, uh, yeah, the bats blew up today. Uh, the same day that Aloy Jimenez officially goes on the injured list uh, for that uh, appendectomy that he had to have in Cincinnati, uh, the bats break out and, and all the runs are scored. They do the Eloy job uh, in honor of uh, their teammate who's going to be on the shelf for about four to six weeks. Win one I, I feel like the, now would be the like Eloy. the appropriate yeah. time to hang his jersey in the – dugout like they did i think yeah you need to get the jimenez jersey up in the dugout and they'll score 17 runs every day <laughs> every day that's how it works right all right a ross glowed number of runs okay you really are you <laughs> just saw connor recently so that explains it uh you were gonna say though you know just a ton of runs yeah yeah um and happened quickly i mean i was i stepped outside for a brief time uh, this afternoon to enjoy the sunshine a little bit was following along. I couldn't keep up with the alerts on my phone. Um, just big, big inning. The kind of inning that it feels like you've been waiting for a few years yeah. for the White Sox to have. You know, the kind of inning that it always seems like they've been capable of, like the potential was there for them to just really light somebody up, and it, but it just didn't happen. And here you go. Today was the day. Um, Cincinnati's a good ballpark to do that, though. It's a notoriously hitter-friendly park to play in. Um, a lot of guys love playing in Cincinnati because you can put up some runs, and uh, today was the Sox day to do that. Well, you're going to jump into all the, you know, this hasn't happened since so-and-so, so yeah. 17 runs should be uh, admired as a once-in-a-blue-moon type thing. That being said, 
this is the kind of ability that the White Sox were built to have, right? To be a offensively menacing team. We spent so long during that losing streak and during the first month of the season in general saying, where are the bats? Why aren't they consistently producing any runs? What's going on? Now, it might just be that a trip to Cincinnati is good for what ails you. That is a bad Reds team down there playing in a, as you mentioned, hitter-friendly park. But this is kind of what, uh, you know, everybody that works for the White Sox expected to happen uh, when the year started. You know, a lot of people had questions. Oh, they're putting their faith in the same guys who just went through last year being able to produce offensively for the most part. They were expecting days like the one Andrew Vaughn had, like that home run Mm -hmm. that Gavin Sheets hit today, like some of the hits. I think he was on base four times that Luis Robert Jr. had today. This it's this kind of thing. Now, obviously, they're still dealing with so many injuries. Aloy Jimenez is going to be out for a while. Yoan Moncada almost back from being out for a very long time. But uh, this is what they had in mind. Um, but we'll see as May moves along if it's going to be more of a trendsetter or more of a uh, flash in the pan. Even Moncada hitting a home run down in his rehab assignment in Charlotte today. Um, I think Pedro Grafol has also managed or uh, uh, pictured the days of Hanser Alberto uh, leading his team in victory from in the in the five hole. Uh, boy, will I never run my mouth again on Twitter saying Hanser Alberto you. batting fifth. This is crazy. Uh, first career four for four game and hitting a, a home run as well. Uh, Hanser and and made some nice defensive plays as you noticed twice. I think to showing me. showing you that uh, he belongs in that five hole. I guess and Husky at least Bardo, for today. Yeah, <laughs> he's hey right now. I mean, no one's gonna push him out. I mean, unless Yohan Moncada gets here tomorrow, which could be which could which, could happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Husky Vardo saying four and two, 16 more to go. Uh, let's go, Sean. Uh, again, the 20 and nine prediction. We'll get to it later on in the show, but I see three wins in Kansas City. Call me crazy, but you talk about them imagining this future, and I did see a tweet. Luis Robert is currently on pace for an eight-war season. Isn't that interesting? How about it? Uh, That'll Steven, do. I think you got some stats for us. Luis Robert was a monster in Cincinnati. Seven for eight. Uh, he also had two walks, one homer, uh, scored six runs, four driven in, and a slugging percentage of uh, 1.5. So that just means uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of bases for Luis Robert. Really goes to show you, too, and 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 I think I'm as guilty as anyone. I wrote a story about how Luis Robert Jr. was slumping so bad, and remember that day, was it in, I don't even remember where it was, was it Toronto where he made those Terrible defensive plays. Um, well, that, yeah, when he was running and taking them from Aloy. Right, yes, exactly. That was in Toronto. Yeah, and so I mean. And, came and back against Tampa and dog, quote unquote. He had the benching, sure. Had but the communication uh, breakdown. The communication breakdown for all you Led Zeppelin fans out there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it goes to show you how quickly these things can end. Sometimes it is just yeah. you look up one day and it's like, oh, Luis Robert Jr. has gone from being mired in this terrible slump, the kind of poster child for what was going wrong with the White Sox, to all of a sudden he's hotter than hell and uh, he's a guy that could be helping power them out of, of, this, of that rut that they were in through the first month of the season. They're what, 4-2 and two in, in May? I think 5-2 and two if you uh, dial it back to that walk-off win against the Rays. Oh, yeah. Not that you want to get too ahead of yourself about things, but given the way their season started in April and just how poorly that went, you know, when, when what's the roadmap to kind of climbing your way out of that? It's you win a series at a time, and it's just been two so far, but, you know, that's what they're doing you know, against the Twins. Now against the Reds, you're set up nicely to do that again against the Royals in Kansas City. Um, that's That's the path out of this. It's not an easy one, but... You know, I'm 
maybe I'm I'm nuts and I'm just a crazy optimist, but there's this is the way that you do it. You just win a series at a time and Oh, you're not crazy. I just realized I never introduced us. So, oh. uh, yeah, you're you're hey. Jared ah, Willis. Jared. Uh, you can over, follow Stevens him on Twitter. They're panicking. Uh, so it's just it's, well, I mean, people fill out, figure out. You're right. Jared Willis. You can follow Jared on Twitter at J Willis Wise instead of Eyes. Uh, and hey, he was filming Straight Smoke out on the deck when sure the, the White Sox were scoring sure 11 the runs. Latest installment. The latest installment of the uh, coming at you on 2023 yeah. season, um, episode seven, eight. I believe so. Look at that. Yeah. Um, so subscribe and make sure you're checking out the shorts page uh, for that to pop up uh, when Jared gets that all edited. And that's Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. Uh, Jared covers both White Sox and Cubs, and he'll be out at Wrigley tomorrow for the whole Wilson Contreras fest. I know that's a, a crazy just, story that's even interesting, Vinny. Oh, my God. I was reading all about it with, <laughs> with Wilson Contreras and what's going on in St. Louis. White Sox fans, you think you have it bad. You it's, should see what's going on with the Cardinals right now. It's but uh, it's reunion week for you it, because it uh, you've got Contreras going back to the north side in the first half of the week, and then we'll both be on the south side uh, this weekend when Jose Abreu returns for uh, his first visit back while wearing a different jersey. I'm excited. It's a big week. Doesn't it feel a little too perfect that he hasn't hit a homer yet? <laughs> Ooh. Against this bad this, White Sox pitching. This is when you cross your fingers that he hits one tomorrow or Tuesday so that it doesn't do happen. You? you don't want the first one to come against the White Sox, do you? You don't? You don't. I mean, that's a good that, story. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't that make Friday a hell well, of a true, lot worth true. the drive and for me, true traffic on I-90? <laughs> for me, selfishly, yes. Yeah. I hope he waits and does it Friday night. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. But, you know, because it story makes, writes itself, makes my life a lot easier, you know. But uh, I, I think for the sake of the psyche of Sox fans, you kind of hope that that doesn't happen. Well, if you want a uh, great segue, Sean, I'm here to present one to you because you know who will be pitching Friday for oh, the White Sox against the Houston Astros. It's Michael Kopech, who gave up four home runs today, has given up 12 home runs in seven Ooh. starts this year. I believe he was at 15 in 25 starts last year, so he is about to catch himself from a year ago uh, and do so in a much fewer number of innings than uh, than it took him last year. How many did he give up in the opening home opener? Five? Five. Five homers. Now i got to look up how many. So, yeah, so nine of those 12. Again, someone did point that out to me on Twitter when I when I posted that stat. Uh, nine of those 12 have come two games. Two games, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I know someone, I, th- I think someone mentioned, or I think you brought up tipping, Stephen. Yeah, um, I asked about it just because it seemed like they were on everything today, but I also noticed his fastball velocity seemed like it was down a little bit. And he, I, there were a few of those that it looked like he really left them up in the zone and they just He looked mad. Yeah. Like, he looked frustrated. He wasn't I don't, happy right. with the uh, home plate umpire at one point either. I believe he was upset over the strike zone, um, which he stayed in the game. It, it seems like Pedro Grafol had to come out and intervene to make sure that that was the case. But yeah. he gave the White Sox six innings today. I mean, they were all solo homers. We talk about it so often. Like, you know, pitchers make a mistake or two or three in a game. As long as nobody's on the bases, it's not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Minimize the um, damage. Obviously, yeah. people uh, you know, see the ball go out of the ballpark, and that's not a good sight. But at the end of the day, I think you'd rather have drink your you'd rather have a day where your, your starting pitcher gives up three solo home runs in six innings versus getting knocked around or, or putting right. a ton of guys on base via the walk, which Kopech did not do today. 
something this entire Sox staff has had trouble with this year. Yeah. Kopech didn't do that today, so there's that, I guess. But Just his, gave up four homers. His ERA is up there around <laughs> six, which is not good. He was able to keep his pitch count down, you know, reasonably low and low enough that he lasted for six innings, which given how the second inning went for the White Sox offense, it kind of became a, hey, let's just preserve – keep our bullpen out of this game for as long as possible. When you know what jumps out to me in innings like that, I mean, that that sec, top of the second inning took long half an time. hour at yeah. least. It, it's almost like it's a rain delay, right? Like yeah. you, yeah. whenever there's a rain delay, the, the starting pitcher almost always is done, comes out of the game if it interrupts the game like that because they've had to be sitting for so long. A half hour offensive inning where you're sitting down and you're used to going back out there, especially now with the pitch clock, kind of right, pretty quick. Yeah. You wonder like... Do you throw out everything that happened to Kopech after that inning? Because it's like, what a ridiculous set of circumstances un under which you have to go out and then pitch True. another what, five innings uh, after that. After you and, and granted, he gave up a home run in the first inning. Things looked like they were going to be bad for the White Sox after that rundown in the first inning. But um, obviously, the second inning was the story of the day and uh, made everything else kind of for naught. Well, yeah, yep. and you know, I think he gave up the back-to-back -back homers to Stevenson and someone else. And you mentioned, well, who cares? I mean, just who cares? Give, yeah. give them up. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, the ERA is going to go up, but again, who cares? Um, you bring up the – this is now the second game where he's given up four or more home runs. Uh, he will – he could join a club this year. I hope he doesn't. Uh, there's been six players to give up four or more home runs in three games in a season. Ever? Ever. Wow. Do you want to try baseball to... baseball or for the White Sox? Ever. That's amazing. Just, do you want to wow. try to guess? There's, there's, I think, four names that are gettable. I don't know. This, I, this do, is intimidating. This is in the history ever. of baseball. Baseball. Yeah, yeah. Ever. Baseball. Six, there's, you said? Six. That have done it three times. Yeah. One, one's active and on the Royals. Cranky. And will pitch. No. Oh. And will pitch in the upcoming series. Is it Brad uh, Keller? No. no, one's a on one's a current GM. <laughs> um, one's okay. a, one one I think is a two are Hall of Famers. Yeah, wow. two are Hall of Famers. This uh, is a wild trivia question. It sure is. Thank you. I just I, I just found it. Any former White Sox on that list? <laughs> no. Mm. There goes one of so. my guesses. Unless I. I mean, I don't know. Two Hall of Famers. Yeah. This also seems like something that would have happened a lot more. Like in the first half of the 20th century when there were no yeah. relievers. Do, do you want the years? Sure. Yes. Herb's, got, Herb's got a guess in the chat here. Bingo. That he got Chris the GM. Young. Yeah, there you go. You can't uh, prove he didn't look at his phone to check. But <laughs> well, the, yeah. I, trust uh, 20, I trust him. I trust him. 2016 with the Royals, Chris Young had uh, three games where he gave up four or more homers. Uh, that was the one from 2016. There's 1955, 1970s, a Hall of Famer, 1986, a Hall of Famer, 1999, and 2021 is the active Royal. All right. Let's go with Jack Morris. Yep. Hell! Wow. Oh. Nice. 1986 with the Tigers. He was, he's a bad Hall of Famer, so that's a good, that's a no, good guess. No a bad Hall of Famer. Eh. <laughs> well, I just like to say that he's a bad Hall of Famer because I think that makes Burley's case better, you know? Just, like, they, can't they just all be Hall of Famers? That means they're all good? Yeah, but, you know, you have to, like, make a case. Stop being mean to people who were good at their job. Mean. We do have a guest in the... Uh, Jack Morris clearly wasn't that good. Who's he the, gave up so three games with four or more homers. Fred in the uh, the chats is Chris Bubich. No. No. I think, we, and I think there's two more pitchers in the rotation, so I think... 
I think we've named three of the five pitchers. So you got you got two more left. Singer? No. That's you, four. All right. There's Who's the last word. There's starter? one more pitcher. He pitches. I swear to God, he's going to pitch against the White Sox. It's not Royal starters of old like that I had to watch in 2012, is it? No, he's he's it's a not free Luke agent. Luke is it? Yeah, he's going to pitch after Granky. This is Tuesday's starter. Tuesday's starter. Oh boy, this goes to show you how I'm much just, we look at the probables, I, right? Yes, All right, we yes. giving up? <laughs> I'm, I'm tempted. Uh, and then hold on, there's another Hall of Famer to guess from the 70s. Yeah, 1970. From the 70. 1970. 1970. Braves. Braves. Bill Necro. Bill Necro. Wow. Boom. Wow. Look at um, this. All right, I got two. That's pretty good. That's that pretty good. Right, give really me the other good. ones. Uh, Warren Hacker with the Cubs. Not aware of in, who that is. In 1955. Yeah. Um, he was he was uh, born in Illinois. He died in Illinois. And buried in Illinois. Um, played baseball in Illinois. <laughs> the tri- <laughs> oh, he's a White Sox. He was a White Sox in go. 1961. See, I would have guessed it. I, I asked if there were former White Sox. That's why. I, yeah, yeah, and totally I, white. Right. Were you going to say Dallas Keuchel? Hacker. I was thinking that. That's what I yeah. thought you were going to say. I was say. thinking Dallas Keuchel. Right, yeah. Who's the other Royal? Uh, no, you got uh, so Warren Hacker, Phil Necro, Jack Morris, uh, Chris Young. Chris Young is the Royal. He was a Royal when he did it. I know. And then Jordan Lyles. Jordan is Lyles. The current okay. active oh. pitcher for the Royals. Okay. will right. be playing on Tuesday. All right. Uh, and then in 1999, Jeff Facero. Oh, former Cub Grain. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jeff Facero. Yeah, go. I didn't know. There oh, also from Illinois. Look at that. He's from Springfield. <laughs> wow. Those Look land of Lincolners. <laughs> yeah. They love giving up a him? bunch of home runs. He wasn't a White Sox. Um, well, that was a pleasant detour. Yeah, it I was. enjoyed that. Um, so, real quick, just to <laughs> tidy up on, on Kopech, let's go to the, the lines real quick, uh, and we'll talk about. I think you mentioned his velocity being down. Uh, Stephen, you brought up uh, tipping. He seemed really frustrated. There was a couple of just really bad sequences where I think he was just throwing the fastball heavy, and we saw that in the San Francisco game against VR, where I think he literally threw him five straight fastballs, and on the fifth one, it was like, okay, well, here, here comes a fastball. Um, six innings pitch for Kopech, four earned runs, eight hits, two Ks, one walk. It really doesn't matter because Graham Ashcraft, one and two-thirds, eight earned runs, six hits, three Ks, two walks. Kopech threw 61 fastballs. The average velocity was 94.3. His yearly average, 95.8. So down a tick and a half. And Stone was talking a ton pregame. Hey, we just saw a great game from Michael. We just saw great stuff from Michael. Uh, this is not. This wasn't great stuff. Uh, the slider also down about two point five miles per hour. Uh, I know that there was bad weather in the area, uh, and it seemed like the yeah. we, he saw that he had that one slip as well on the mound. So I just don't know if he was frustrated with pitching today. Um, it just seemed like the the home plate ump was bugging him. It seemed like the mound was bugging him. Thank God they scored 17 runs because it didn't matter. Things could have gone very, very differently today, especially given how that first inning looked when he gives up the leadoff homer and then that really ridiculous rundown that they somehow managed not to get anybody out, um, which seemed like like just a breakdown of who's covering which base, who's supposed to be where. Some of that fundamental stuff that I know has, has caused them problems before this season Mm -hmm. and so yeah in a way like it's kind of nice to see that you can have an inning that looks that ugly to start off the game and then just bounce right back from it at least for for the team as a whole because yeah I don't know that Kopech really looked all that sharp today still managed to kind of grind his way through six innings and do the job that he was supposed to do Um, but yeah, velocity was down, leaving some pitches up, looked visibly frustrated over a lot of things. 
Uh, yeah, that weird slip on the on the mound, which, you know, watching the replay a couple of times, it's sort of hard to tell. Was that a like a, a mechanical mistake where he just his foot placement was off? Was it, you know, so. Yeah, he he didn't look sharp, but I, you got to I mean, he deserves some credit for muscling his way through six innings and, and getting it done. Yeah, I, I do want to ask you a question quick, just because, uh, you know, you're not always joining us. You're always doing Cubs stuff. Maybe you're doing White Sox stuff. We're, we're happy to have you here um, again in our West Loop offices <laughs> in downtown <laughs> Chicago. I think that's what I usually say. West it's um, what you said Chicago. to start off, and then yeah. you decided you were going to take another swing at it. You know, <laughs> there's a, a an ADHD medication shortage, folks, and... <laughs> Um, but uh, Stephen, hey, you... it's a poor craftsman who blames his tools. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying. Um, Stephen, what'd you say when you walked in? Because you were listening on the radio. But what'd you say about the rundown? Yeah, I said just listening on the radio while that play was still going on. I said out loud, "Everyone's going to be safe." And it was just me sitting in the car, so I don't know why I had to say that out loud. And I they talked were. to myself. Don't worry, they just, were. Yeah. It was oh. just, it just had Steven that was feel. frustrated before it even happened and couldn't even see it. Yeah. Yeah. And I but think still somehow sensed that yeah. that was what was going to happen. We've seen that before this year as well. Blame me. Well, uh, no, there was wrong. the botched rundown that ended up with Tim Anderson on the injured list. That, okay. That, there's the that one in well. Minnesota yeah. that, that where Hanser um, just made some poor decisions um, on, on where to throw and where to catch and all sorts of stuff. So, uh, but today the back and forth was fine. And then, Everybody, once they kind of got out of the little merry-go-round, they kind of decided to just sit and watch. Um, And I think that was the problem. Nobody was covering first base, which obviously made that all possible. Vaughn was behind second base, not in front of the base. Right. It was was just – it kind of needed to keep going. You know, you remember when the Blackhawks were good, that cycle play down in the corner that they would always – and you'd be like, wow, they're really doing this for a long time. (laughs) That's what needed to happen today on the the rundown, and and it did not. Um, But, Jared, what I wanted to ask you is I've brought up this quote before – and now we've seen what's the Sox record? Twelve and twenty-three, so about thirty-five games. Uh, yeah, thirty-five. 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 Yeah. We've seen thirty-five games so far. Um, and what Pedro said when he took over in November: um, some things you can expect from the White Sox. We'll communicate. We'll be fundamentally sound. We'll play with passion, pride for this uniform. We've got to improve defensively, obviously, and I feel that fundamentally we've got to improve. Do you think that so far you've seen that in the thirty-five games that Pedro's been? On the south side. No. No, well, that was easy. Yeah. Next um, topic. All right, let's go to the ad break. <laughs> I well, <laughs> um, no, you have the play today, and then in the series against the Rays, not that long ago, they gave up a run in a similar sort of situation where it, it was watching it. It kind of felt like guy with the ball isn't quite sure what to do with it. People aren't covering where they're supposed to cover. And then run scores from third. You know, the, the kind of stuff that, you know, I coach my son's 9- and 10-year-old baseball team. and So this is an expert talking. Yeah, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> Legendary <laughs> but, Little I mean, League coach, Jared. Oh, right. And I, but, uh, you know, one of the things you work on with kids like that age is when you get the ball in the field, where do you go with the ball? You know, where are your, where's your throw going to be? You go over all that stuff. And not to, like, I know it sounds like I'm suggesting that the White Sox are playing a bunch of, like a bunch of 9- and 10-year-olds, but there are moments like that where they'll make a play like we saw today, like we've seen a couple of other times during the season, where it's like those are mistakes you just you cannot make as major leaguers. I'll, I'll grant any player or team 
the occasional where you just bungle something, you, you goof it up. We all space out from, from moment to moment. But to have done that now in the first 35 games, three different instances that we can name um, just offhand, that to me doesn't support the idea that, you know, as Pedro Grafal said, we're going to be fundamentally sound. I think I can point to at least three examples where it's not the case. Well, it's, I mean, it's we've talked about it before, Sean, obviously, and it's it, it jumps out because Pedro Grafal and the staff were brought in to fix everything that was wrong last year. Yeah. And this was one of those things that were wrong, right? Uh, the, especially in the field, but we saw it on the base paths a lot too. Mental mistakes piling up often throughout last year. It's what prevented them from being anything more than a 500 team. Uh and what was so frustrating for fans and what was very apparent to me over the course of the first month of this season in which the White Sox were much worse than a 500 team was that none of those problems seemed to go anywhere. Uh, and that includes these fundamental issues, these mental mistakes that they make to go along with all of the lack of offensive consistency and the pitchers not being able to throw strikes and them not walking and them not hitting for power, all that stuff on top of each other. It looked like last year over again. And granted, I don't think we've had enough data to say, oh, they're out of the woods. The losing's all behind them. They're going to start winning now. Uh, but all that stuff not going anywhere was part of the reason where April ends and you goes, well, they haven't shown anything to mm -hmm. lead me to believe that it's all going to turn around tomorrow kind of thing. It's not like, oh, man, they're just getting bad breaks here and there or one thing is broken. It was just everything carried over, which – when you place your faith as a front office, as an ownership group, as a brain trust of this organization in a new manager and a new coaching staff to come and be the change that makes 2023 different from 2022, that hasn't happened yet. And that is the, the great failure that I see so far is yeah. just where's the change? What's the difference? You could have – it seems right now that you could have Tony La Russa in that dugout – and well, it wouldn't be very much different. And I don't yeah. know if that's true or not, because I think Pedro's doing fine job. I don't think anybody's out there being like, boy, that Pedro Grafol, he's ruined right. everything that they were building kind of thing. Um, it just seems that as they move forward, this the it's on this staff yeah. to figure this out, to, to come in and do the job they were tasked with doing, even if maybe – it was not an easy job or not an even possible job to make all the way, uh, to get all the way to the finish line. And especially because last year the manager was so much a part of the story. Deservedly or not, right, right or wrong, it, Tony La Russa was a, a major part of the story for the White Sox, and he took a lot of the blame. And, you know, we heard the fire Tony chants in, in the stands later in the season. And so it became really about the focus really got on the manager and it's about who's, you know, who's managing this team. Um, so then I think that adds a lot to when you bring in a new manager and Pedro Grafol, where maybe we're, we're looking at some of these things more critically than we would otherwise or more harshly than we, we would otherwise. Cause it is a little different when you bring in like some new players and then you're looking at like, all right, we're going to turn this around based on there's some different guys in the lineup, different guys on the field. Um, but story last year was in a lot of ways, it's, it's the manager, it's Tony La Russa. And so he's out, you bring a new guy in. And so if things don't work out, it naturally feels like, well, it must, it must still be the manager, um, in some people's eyes. And so 
yeah, maybe when he says things like we're going to be fundamentally sound, maybe he he's he will be proven right over the long run, but 35 games isn't enough time to fix some of what's wrong with the guys in the dugout. Well, and then it also feels like I'm asking you guys, like, what came first, the chicken or the egg, when right. it's yeah. injuries or right. defense. Like, I, I mean, I get the manager stuff, but it's also – we're going to talk about it in just a second. Like, doesn't have a full squad out there. I mean, his third baseman currently isn't on the team. He just got the shortstop back. The DH is now gone. The the center fielder is now playing well, but he had you know leg issues and and, and whatever. I mean, and now Grandal is dealing with some back flare ups. He's not on the IL just yet, but uh, you know we see Carlos Perez coming on the the roster, meaning you know maybe Yaz is limited, very limited. He's limited to maybe Yaz can't catch a ton um <laughs> really I, I got a degree for communication hmm. that's interesting yeah I, I'm surprised in like three it's, years like you should see like maybe if that's real like crack I, open the frame and make sure that that's hold it up thing. to the light yeah. or something mercy yeah, yeah. yeah. it and might be like written on the back of a menu or something I, it <laughs> might be it might uh, just back it's of in, a it's in cram <laughs> <laughs> No, in that university, maybe. Um, all right, uh, let's go into the ad break, uh, and then we'll talk about Aloy Jimenez. Uh, we watched today's game on Fubo TV. They have 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news, and you can stream live TV from any device and watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. You can start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial. There's no contract, no cable, no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. My favorite part is the thousand hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. I can go back and watch the White Sox. You know, hey, I didn't really want to watch the White Sox last night. So I watched it this morning because of the cloud DVR. Boom. Uh, you can watch local teams while traveling and you got events coming up like the NHL draft on ESPN. I think the draft lottery is tomorrow. Tomorrow. There you go. We're we'll doing the, a show right here, so make sure you watch. Wow. Will the Blackhawks be number one? Jay and Greg and Mario are going to be hyped to watch some balls bounce <laughs> around a cage. Do you, can can you name? Can either of you name the the number one pick? The the, the guy that they're trying to get. It's uh, Eric Bedard, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Yeah. It's Eric Bedard, former um, Orioles pitcher Eric Bedard. Love him. Uh, NHL, NBA See, that, playoffs. That could be. Real or I wouldn't know the difference. Connor Bedard. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a I'm not a hockey Eric, guy. So, but Eric. that's a good reference yeah. for all you baseball fans. There Shout out for all you Seattle Mariners fans out there. I, I, I there's a game. I don't know if we can steal it, but there's a game I want to bring to play with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, if, oh, what a tease. tease. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you can watch NHL and NBA playoffs <laughs> as well on Fubo TV and the White Sox on NBC Sports Chicago with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15 percent off your first month of Fubo Pro. FuboTV.com slash CHGO. Uh, what are you guys drinking? What do we got here? I've got myself a uh, Goose Island hazy beer hug. That's a 6.8? 6.8. It's tasty. That. Of course I've got the 312. Of course. I go Every bar you go into this city, you go, what do you, they go, what do you want? You say, give me 312. Let's make it easy. Boom. Let's go. And, Won't and do you wrong. It's the area code, so of course it's going to be in every bar. Easy to remember, too. <laughs> it is. Uh, they also have the 9.9% alcohol one of the Tropical Beer Hug. They have the Goose IPA and the Full Pocket Pills, which is like a lager, which uh, you Midwesterners will probably love. Who doesn't love? What, what Midwesterner doesn't love a lager, right? Absolutely. Um, it's been Chicago's beer since 1988 and CHGO, supported by Goose Island Beer Company. You can grab an ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beer at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in West Town. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. Uh, Emmanuel showing you some love in the chat, Vin. 
Uh, your wow. his beloved. Wow. Seems intense. It's all right. I'm happy for you guys. I, wel- I, wel- I, wel- I welcome it. <laughs> um, let's go to the uh, stats uh, with uh, Aloy Jimenez now hitting the IL. Uh, maybe we talk about the, the injury first. Uh, kind of out of nowhere Saturday, we hear Aloy Jimenez is in the hospital. And then uh, news comes down from the White Sox themselves that uh, he has been placed on the 10-day injury list retroactive to May 6th due to an appendectomy uh, and then recalled Carlos Perez from Class A. Uh, But they say the timeline is about four to six weeks for Aloy Jimenez to recover. Uh, What do we make of the whole situation? Hey, it was Albert King who said in the great 1965 tune, Born Under a Bad Sign, if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all. And boy, Aloy Jimenez knows what that feels like. Uh, Again, this guy gets a lot of crap from a lot of people for – uh, them suggesting that he's injury prone and, and all, all that went with that from him playing in the outfield and wanting to continue playing in the outfield. This is just to go show you that it doesn't matter. This can strike anybody at any time. Bad luck is um, has dogged Aloy Jimenez throughout his career. You're about to read off a lot of numbers in terms of uh, how many games he and many of these players have played in over the last several seasons. But... Um, it, this just cannot stop happening to Aloy Jimenez. And it, and by extension, it cannot stop happening to the White Sox because here we are, the what, second, third year in a row where we're saying, oh, well, they're going to get a healthy Aloy this year. And even that in the early portion of the season, that hamstring pull that he had or that hamstring tweak that he had, that's a baseball injury. And he was back yeah. at the end of the 10 days he was back. Here's another month, month-and-a-half-long absence for this guy. Uh I feel I feel terrible for him because it just he can't he can't well, get out of the way of this thing and 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 by this thing I mean so many things you know <laughs> um, uh, affecting all sorts of parts of his body some of it's been his fault some of it has been due to poor play in the outfield but some of it has been because he's been trying to run the bases hard for his team and some of it has been because his body revolted against him in, in Cincinnati <laughs> and said. I got to get out of here, uh, did his appendix. Um, it's, it, it's upsetting because it's a guy who works really hard and tries really hard, showed yeah. up to spring training. We know having lost a ton of weight this offseason, um, it, it, it sucks for him. It sucks for the White Sox, and uh, that's the biggest bat in the order. Yanked right out of there, and right when right. he was on quite the hitting streak as well. Yeah, yeah eight-game just... hitting streak, and he had 14 hits in those eight games, raised his OPS from – 544 to 743. Yeah, it was really finally starting to look like your third in the order hitter. This is your big bat that you needed. Because I know coming into the season, one of the questions was, how are you going to make up for Jose Abreu's absence on offense? And so some of that was, well, you're going to need guys like Aloy to to step up. And it's tough because, um, yes, there have been times with Aloy where he gets hurt because of, stuff that he does like trying to rob a home run in spring training but yeah there's also a lot of times where he gets he gets hurt because he's trying to hustle and then this is one case where it's not even he's not injured it's just a thing that happens to people's bodies and you have no control over when it takes place and still I've seen that he's getting flack for it and I I know some of that comes from frustration where it's like it feels like every time you turn around Eloy's back on the injured list but in this case, it's like there's just nothing the guy can do. Appendicitis, it's not like you can 
you know, there's nothing you can do. His his appendix just doesn't like Cincinnati. I don't know. You're ticking time bomb. Hey, yeah. too much chili. Oof. Any amount they're of not paying chili. us. Any so amount of that chili is bad for your health. Yeah. And I'm not gonna plug them. You know, they're not paying us. I don't need to say the the, the brand. You know, just chili. You know, just if that, you know, you know that um, chili. Yeah, it's it's bad luck. I mean, seriously. I, I just four to six weeks. I know some people were interested at that timeline. I mean. If they can adjust it, they will adjust it, right? But I mean, if he's it on takes the ten four day weeks, injured list, right? So I mean, theoretically, he'd be back in a week and a half if his body was all right there. Obviously, that won't happen. But um, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to know anything about Dr. recovery. Doctor Duber is not in. No, not it. Never. It will never be in. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I mean, listen. They say four to six weeks. I would imagine that if I had uh, part of my body removed uh, in emergency surgery, I would probably need some time to get back to uh, running shape as well. And I can't run as it is, so uh, it's going to be an interesting thing to see how long they're without him. Sure, but again, when they tell you he's going to need four to six weeks to come back from appendicitis, he's the one who had the surgery. Don't be like you should be back sooner. Like, come well, on. no, I, I, I'm, I'm not doing that just because I'm. I'm, I'm more asking because I know Adam Dunn had an appendectomy in the 2011 season on April 6th, and then he came back and played on April 12th. Not saying that all athletes are the same or that he should do that. Also, I want to note that Adam Dunn that year hit 552 after playing through and rushing or possibly rushing and playing six days after having an appendectomy. I'm going to so, go ahead and so, say he didn't hit 552. So what you're uh, saying His is, OPS was 552. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, oh, I, just, oh, I rushed that. Okay, I no, 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 no. Well, he was like, wow. His batting average back. was 155 no. and had 174 strikeouts. Oh. No, yeah, no he was bad. Correct. Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay. Um, so, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe there is former White Sox pass to say, let's take our time. Yeah. Yeah, maybe take more than, what was it, six days? Six days, days, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I still have my appendix, and so I I can't speak to what that's like. Um, But any sort of injury, I don't know, six days. Well, and maybe looking back at this, this quote might illuminate things. I'm going to try to play Thursday. That's one thing I don't want to miss is opening day at home. I'm going home tonight, planning on playing tomorrow, and we'll go from there. If it feels like this tomorrow, then we might have some problems. But I'm a quick healer, like Wolverine. Ooh, so good reference by the Dunner as well. There. Yeah, but he, yeah. he didn't okay. heal like Wolverine. Well, so I mean, he's back in six days. It's pretty good. But, he, but then but he's a, back. See, that's a good question, though. Would Wolverine grow a new appendix or would he just oh. heal without an appendix? That is because you don't question. need an appendix because he has re- he has once in his history regenerated all the way from just a drop of blood. But. You don't right. You don't need an appendix. Is he going to grow a new appendix back? And this is a great question. It is a fantastic question. Yeah. I think he would grow a new appendix. The whole back. appendix, yeah, yeah. And, a, and an even stronger appendix than the one he had before. Well, but again, it could burst whenever he'd be fine. You guys he probably ever, wouldn't even have to have it removed. It'd just no. burst and he'd be fine. It could burst. It would in, hurt but, in yeah. game, right? And just it's back. Give him a few minutes. Let's yeah. do this. Right. Yeah. You guys ever see uh, hear about the uh, axolotl? The axolotl, I know what an axolotl is. The yeah. salamander? Yeah. Yeah, it re- it's like regenerative. It re- regenerates. It's- Numerous amphibians can do that. I think a newt, really? can gr- a newt can grow its tail back if it gets chopped off or something. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. All right, shout out to axolotls. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, go into the stats here. All right, so funny enough, the last time the White Sox scored 17 runs in a game was August 27th, 2021. Can you guys... Name the first six hitters in that lineup. 
for the White Sox. This is the last time they scored 17 runs was just two years ago? Yeah. Okay. Against the White Sox, seven, uh, against the Cubs, 17 to 13. In order. I don't know if you remember that oh, game. Oh, this is the Dallas Keuchel uh, yeah. starts game, gives up all the runs, and they come back. Yeah. 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 I remember that Who game. is one through six, batting order? T.A. T.A. one. Uh, I'll say Robert's in there. Robert two. Um, are, are we doing this in order or just? I mean, just throw just them out. The, throw them out. The we'll figure out. Huh? I'll, 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 lay, so I'll lay out the pieces. Was, I mean, it's Jose. Jose Abreu, third. You guys have so far one through three. Say e- Eloy. Eloy, four. Yeah. I don't think. Can you guys go perfect? Y- Yoan wouldn't be. Yoan, five. Was it Yaz? Yasmani, six. Wow, okay. There you go. Uh, and the more point is we're trying to focus in on Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Yoan Moncada, and Grandal. That is one of 45, possibly 46 games. I We have the stat here. From AC Sports Chicago, 45 games played together, uh, 11% or uh, is that 11% of uh, 418 possible games? Um, my research found 46. So right I, there. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I just, I don't know. I, I just want to make sure, just let that be known. Um, so I have uh, the stat of this. Uh, the White Sox had 25 games of Anderson, Moncada, Grandal, Jimenez, and Robert. In 2020. So they've only had those five in the lineup for 20 games since 2021. The last three seasons. The last three seasons. They were 16 and nine in 2020 with those five, nine and three in 2021, one and one in 2022, five and two so far in 2023, and 31 and 15 overall when Anderson, Moncada, Grandal, Jimenez, and Robert play. And right now, we probably won't see that for possibly four to six weeks now. Two. Two games last year. You just read. Two games, wow. yeah. Two. One That's and it. one. And there was two games in Texas. They finally got Robert back from that Minnesota thing, and then Tim goes out. I mean, he, here you go. It was that, a nightmare. Like, all the frustration about the White Sox. That's it. That's the mm-hmm. headline right there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're looking for an explanation as to why is this like this, that's the headline right there. Absolutely. It, it really is. I mean, because when you, you – <laughs> It's almost as if you need your best players to play. <laughs> oh, what a concept, Jared. This is why we have Jared on from time to time, this to bring that, why they that new, new way of thinking. Yeah. If you get the good guys on the field, you're going to win. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. And, so, <laughs> and when they're never on the field together at the same time, you're going to lose. And, no. here, and here it is again for yeah. the next month. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, Sean, you're talking about, you know, you're They're you're, 15 you're being, and 6. Since in those 21 games, since 2021. You're talking about that big prediction, you know, of what, how many wins they're going to get this month to, to get back into it, to claw back into it. Heck, I think Herb tweeted out they're seven games out of first place. Like, this yeah. is not a ridiculous climb to have to make mm-hmm. in that regard. But now you're down Aloy Jimenez. And it, it it's just like you finally see this light at the end of the tunnel. Yohan Moncada might be coming back. He was the last piece of the puzzle might be coming back. Roberts heating up. Moncada's looking good in, in AAA. They finally got TA back at the top of the order, and boom, the next month, no Aloy Jimenez. How are they going to do this? How are they going to do what you thought they might do? How are they going to make this climb out of that hole that they created for themselves, which, uh, which Pedro keeps talking about 
without the biggest bopper in their lineup. Well, that's actually a great transition to our next ad break because oh, then we'll you. talk about uh, the the Royals next because I sure. think this is a, a way that they can win three games here. How they're going to do it three without Eloy Jimenez? Play well, the Royals. Play the, play the Royals. <laughs> play bad teams. I mean, well, Jared, you haven't play been here, Reds, but we had play the Royals. Yeah. We, we had a discussion, like looking at the April schedule, and it was you know maybe they'll win their first series against Minnesota, and they do. Maybe they'll win their first series against the Reds and they win their second. Like, it is an easier schedule now. And so yeah. far, once that they're not playing the Rays and Orioles, et cetera, we've seen two series wins. Like, is, that, is there something to say about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's only six games. Absolutely. I mean, you look at what their April schedule was like. You played the Rays twice, who not only are, are a very good team, but are just playing, like, out of their minds to start the season. And... Yeah, I mean, you you get an easier schedule the next month, and it just stands to reason you're gonna you're gonna win some more games. I mean, part of, part of that, a small part of why April went the way that it did, is they just had a lot of tough series. I mean, they started the season against the Astros, and um, that that was not an easy month by any stretch schedule wise. So, yeah, I mean, we kind of joke, but yeah, you want to climb out of this hole. You've got bad teams lined up, and yeah. you do what good teams are supposed to do, and you beat the bad teams. So when you play the Reds, and I know like people like to downplay it. Oh, it's just against the Reds. Don't get too excited. But that's what they're supposed to do. If you think that they're capable of being a good team, then you beat up on bad teams. So you go to Cincinnati, you take two, or three, two out of three there. You go to Kansas City, you take three out of four there. That's what you're supposed to do. This is how this works. So, again – it's yeah, seven games back. I know that if you look at just their record, yeah, it looks really ugly. But if you look at the division standings and can this team get back into that division race, yeah, I yep. think they can. Right now, the Guardians are two games under five hundred. The whole twenty and nine prediction would get them to twenty eight and thirty. So they could put themselves to where the Guardians are right now right. with a good eight. Uh, not April. What month is it? May. May. Um, but here's the next pitchers coming up for the White Sox or opponent opposing pitchers and then we'll get to the ad break Granke Lyles Keller Singer Singer has an 8.82 ERA TBD and then the Astros come to town and that's one of the TBDs but then they have Bielik and Hunter Brown your rookie of the year pick who's who's killing it absolutely so (laughs) but you know, they just had Luis Garcia go down yeah like I mean that's not like the, the the Astros there then they have Shane Bieber and then Peyton Battlefield, who has been one of the worst pitchers in baseball. Sorry, his name is Peyton Battlefield? Yeah, we'll talk about that a couple <laughs> weeks from now. I can't, <laughs> I can't digest that right now. It's literally in 10 days. Um, I, but, heard, uh, but, I heard TBD sucks, too. So, yeah, TBD's yeah. a stinker. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, there's two truly good pitchers coming up, and it's Brown and Bieber. And, you know, we see the extreme splits for Ashcraft, I think, the uh, – like righties had an OPS of like 800 versus them and, and lefties had an OPS of like 400 versus them. So like, you know, that probably explains why the White Sox, Hansa Roberto, Luis Robert, Andrew Vaughn had really good days today. Um, but yeah, I, I think that this is a schedule that's coming up that the White Sox really can take advantage of. All right, let's take a quick break and let you know about FOCO. The Vinny bobblehead. Have you heard about that joke? I have not. It's not no. really a joke, but like, where does Vinny work? <laughs> like, where does Vinny like... When he's not, when the White Sox don't have away games, where does he work? He works at Guaranteed Rate Field. Where does Southpaw work? Guaranteed Rate Field. Have you ever seen them in the same place together? 
I mean, if anybody on this set, thank you. If anybody on I, this set would have, it'd be you. True. <laughs> yeah, that is a good point because I've been there when you're there, right? And when he's there, yeah. Now that you mention it, Vinny's tall. Yeah, I've never. Interesting. <laughs> Your frame, dude. You're like we got you dead to rights. Um, I can anyways. neither confirm nor deny, but for what it's worth, I've never seen them together at the same time. Mm. Take that for what it's worth. I don't know. I just all the and yet again, Sean. It all makes sense to me. Yeah. Again, I always bring this up with that. It really is. It's just Sean trying to lead everybody off the scent. It's not me. Look over there. I'm not tall enough. So get fitted in the sports gear around Foco, who donated the Southpaw and TA bobbleheads. They have great bobbleheads, hoodies, shoes, signs, and everything in between to get yourself fitted out with. Um, but you, it's also spring and baseball season, so you can get Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. And again, the lovely set decorations were donated from FOCO. So check out FOCO.com, F-O-C-O.com, or click on the link in the description below. And for online pre-sale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off uh, your order. So again, FOCO.com, F-O-C-O.com, and use promo code CHGO for all non-pre-sale items. I think the Andrew Benatendi University of Arkansas bobblehead is a a non-presale item. So if you want to add that to your collection. Woo Pig Suey. Yeah. You, you guys got some glasses. Did you bring your set you, Indeed. Yeah, you did. All right. Um, it, right now it's dark. I think it's raining. Uh, but take on the, the, the shades when I find the Shady Raids read. Uh, take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Raids have you covered with warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Jared, you just talked about the BOGO deal. You got two pairs I yourself. I got two pair. I've got one and another one in the car. It's a backup pair. Which one is your favorite? Is it these? Uh, it's too early to tell. I just got these um, just this weekend. I don't want to make a call yet. I love them both equally. So what you're saying is it's early. It's early. Yeah, yes. It's early. Well, and I like that you guys kind of have different, like, you know, black, white, and then you have kind of a thicker uh, frame on the outside yeah. here. And Vinny's kind of got the, the wire uh, little frame there. So all styles uh, over at Shady Rays. They're an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we warm, would you say? Indeed. There you go. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures and styles for, you know, whatever your look is. I didn't bring mine in, but, you know, you know, I, I, you guys are styled up. Anyways, uh, if you lose or break your pair too, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself. These shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Again, Code CHGO, ShadyRays.com, for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Um, all right. Vin, do you have that comment read? Oh, shot. Do I have the comment? Oh, my goodness. I, I, I just want you to tell me how excited I should be about comment. And on, I should have given you a little I, bit more of a heads up. I'm just trying to stall. I'm number two. I'm so number excited two. that it's getting Do you want to be number two here. or do you want to be number one? I can be number two. Okay. All right. Well, the Comet Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve in, they help manage energy usage and lower energy bills, not only now, but into the future. You know, you're right, Sean. 
ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our beloved territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. My mind is just swamped. How does it work? Well... I'm glad you asked. An authorized engineer will work with you, 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 to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project cost, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, don't wait. Oh, here's the Chicago Transit Authority. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, please go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Did you say comed.com slash poweringbiz? Sean, I did. So schedule it today. Amazing. And you just wanted to do your Eddie Olchek impression. Because I know that you would have asked me to do it anyway, so now well, I'm just true. getting out ahead of it. Well, it's it's really good. It's really good. I mean, they, they had that one com- uh, commercial with that impressionist selling alcohol, and I think you, yeah, should, be, I think you should be the impressionist because that guy stunk. Ooh, that, well, I don't know. They need to hire a new actor for that. Well, here's the yeah. thing. I think How, it's his alcohol. Yeah, I think he's the guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's the... He's the He's the most famous impressionist of all time, but to folks our age, not really. Ironically, (laughs) made a bad commercial. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he did a Johnny Carson impression to however many people who are still alive. That that works on, I don't know. but I can't say I would... (laughs) Saw any right. Johnny Carson. Well, so, so here, yeah. in about 50 years, get ready to buy and see commercials for Frank Caliendo's whiskey. <laughs> will he be doing a John Madden impersonation? Pro- probably, yeah. and, nobody, and no one will get it. No one will get it. It'll be so confusing to people. Like, what is this? What am I watching? All right, let's, get it. let's go back to the White Sox. Um, <laughs> our, our Bob Knight, maybe he'll be doing a Bob Nightingale impersonation. Um, I would like to see Frank Kelly Kellyendo take a swing at that. Fewer people would get that than the John Madden. One. That's fair. <laughs> um, maybe if it's titled properly, people sure. would understand. But uh, Bob Nightingale wrote uh, uh, for USA Today in his usual Sunday notebook column uh, about the White Sox, and there was a lot more about the White Sox in this piece, and a lot of joking about, oh, maybe Pedro was the wrong guy. Um, it, after he made it like three times, I was like, okay, Bob, all right. So, oh, the, the Tony yeah, La Russa like, bit that he keeps doing. Yeah, and it was like, oh, it, maybe it's not Tony's fault, and maybe they should bring back Ozzy. I mean, like, uh, to no. be fair, I've, made, I've written that Tony La Russa line in a story this year. He so. did it like three times <laughs> in the same piece. Um, but uh, anyways, Bob wrote, if the Rangers wait, and he was talking about the Rangers doing well so far. They're in first place on the AL West. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Um, you spend a lot of money, you win some games. It's not well, working out for sometimes. the Mets. Yeah. It didn't work out for the Rangers last year. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but they spent more money. Also, the Rangers play in the same division as the Astros, so let's not go, let's not go booking October for plans for Dallas quite yet. Yeah. But Bob brings up they could pick up veterans, Joe Kelly or Kendall Graveman, if Chicago White Sox are out of the race by July. The White Sox don't plan to keep starter Lucas Giolito after the season and will make him available at the trade deadline if they are out of the race. And the White Sox certainly plan to pick up the $15 million option on closer Liam Hendricks in 2024, considering the buyout is also $15 million. Um, I 
hate to see Liam Hendricks not in a White Sox uniform, and I don't think that's super pressing right now. But uh, let's go to the second one and the first one. Uh, did you balk at all when you first saw Joe Kelly, Kendall Graveman, or Lucas Giolito's names thrown out there today in USA Today? I did, especially is anyone clam- is anyone itching to get Joe Kelly at the trade deadline? Yeah. Yeah? I don't know. I, that's Yeah. I mean, he's been pretty good. Okay. Like, I know he had, like, a crazy ERA last year, but his uh, his outlying uh, metrics were, like, he his FIP was, like, 3.36, which is, you know, pretty decent. It's, yeah. Um, and so far, he's looked good. It's just he hasn't pitched a ton. What, like, seven games? Yeah. Six uh, games? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the stuff that from Nightingale here, I mean, that top thing is, is entirely speculation. You know, it's entirely just, hey, here's a team that's not doing well that has right. some pieces that other teams might well, find useful. And right. If they are, like, near 500, like we just talked about, if they have a great May, they're, I mean, that point's this, mute, moot. Like, correct, they're going to keep right, Kendall, correct. Graveman, and Joe Kelly. Bob's point on Hendricks, obviously he's doing some reporting there that they plan to pick that up. But if you'll remember back to when they signed Hendricks, that was a very – strange and talked about part of that contract was hey look the buyout for year four is basically the exact same not basically it is the exact same cost as just the option so Liam Hendricks was terrific in the first two years of his White Sox contract Uh, obviously uh, has not pitched yet this year but is pitching in in relief uh, in the rehab assignment Uh, they wouldn't expect anything different of course why wouldn't they want to pick that up for for next year so the middle part there is the is kind of the meatiest newsworthy thing there because it is something that he is reporting uh, you know granted it is just that report colon at the moment Um, but yeah uh, jumped out at me interesting to suggest that anyone would be far enough down the road yet to make that decision Um, Lucas is having a nice season but there's a but there's five months of it left. The White Sox are having a bad season, but there's five months of it left. Uh, we have no idea what Lucas Giolito's market is going to look like once he hits free agency. We have no idea what his final numbers are going to be at the end of the season, and we have no idea what position the White Sox are going to be in. If they, Their season can go any number of ways right now, and I think that's being written as if that April record would be repeating itself from month to month and they would find themselves in this disastrous place that they never thought they would. Um, But who knows what they do with options? Who knows how other pitchers perform? Who knows what they do at a trade deadline? Who knows what that starting rotation looks like next year? It is way too early, I think, to project any of that. Um, and, And so to read that they're not, they're already making this decision on whether to even attempt to bring back Giolito it seems that so many things have to happen before they could get to that place. And it, it is really surprising that anyone would be sharing that kind of information that he would, he would have. That I, I just I have a hard time imagining a front office making up their minds now, kind of to your point, Vinny, that they would have decided now, this is what we're going to do with Lucas Giolito. I just, I, I, that doesn't seem realistic to me because – so much of what you hear from front offices is they they don't make decisions like that this early or that you know because you're projecting over two months from now what where any of those things are going to be and to then also make that you know kind of make that public maybe indirectly so that one way or another Bob Nightingale has this information uh, just surprises me because that's that seems to run counter to you know, the way that they typically operate. And, and what also, what is that, where does that put Giolito? And what does that 
what does that do for his desire to come back to you? Yeah. Too. If, I mean, what if this is not, what if this doesn't end up being the way the White Sox want to go and they do make a push for him in the offseason? And he's like, well, wait a minute. I read right. USA Today in May. Well, you know, well, and I mean, it even extends later. I mean, we, had, we saw the arbitration stuff where they're possibly arguing or were, you know, going right, but that around. was them actually doing something. Right. This is just, this is just speculation. And no, it's right. not. Well, I mean, it's a report, but my point being is that like, this is like, you're making a decision on a guy who's not going to be a free agent for another five months. And the so, way that he, he wrote that is like, he it's, this is a, he's reporting this as if it just is, this is what they are doing or what they plan to do. Um, and it, you know, would people it can be wrong about things, but right. it's yeah. Would it not track though? Because you see on your side, the Cubs just this off season made the addition of Tyone. Uh, four years, $68 million, and you look at his stats since 2018, uh, 567 innings, uh, 383 ERA. Giolito since 2019, 631 innings, 385 ERA. Like, not saying that it would be exactly the same contract, but it would probably be 68 or more million dollars, right? That would be the largest contract ever for a White Sox pitcher. John Danks was $65 million. Like, this is a team that just cut payroll by $25 million, so does it not track that this team might not go out and spend on a, a, a starting pitcher if especially all of the reports or the, at least the report above them is they might be out of it by July? And that part of it to me tracks. What doesn't track is that this would be something that they would have made known now. They may be thinking that this this may be sort of in their plans, but it would, it would surprise me that, A, that they would just make the decision on May seventh this is what we're going to do and that someone has that that information has been shared that bob nightingale has it i mean you just that's answer, what surprises i think you just answered your question in the way you phrased it you said they may be out of it by july well it's may that's true <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean like don't yeah. you think that if you're if you if you truly believe in that white Sox front office that these guys are capable of turning it around don't you want lucas Chilito to be a part of that and again this is we're talking about after this season right i mean but that's the thing is that, like, you talk about July, well, then also talk about September. Because, like, what kind of season are you having that determines the pace, place that your roster goes? You could – there could be things that happen in the two months after the trade deadline if they're not that – if they're not bottom of the barrel like the A's or the Royals. If, if they are middling, it's a, isn't it a different set of decisions that you have to make versus if you're bad versus if you're good? Heck, it's not mathematically impossible for them to come back and win a division and make the playoffs. Then all of a sudden their calculus for 2024 is entirely different than it was a week ago when we all saw this, you know, being like, all right, well, write them off. They were horrible in April kind of thing. So and when the, do you think they wrote off bringing Abreu back? Do you think it was before May of last year? Do you think it was a, a later season decision? I mean, didn't they offer him a contract supposedly? Yeah, but I mean, we don't know. How what if competitive he accepted it was? Well, but what if he accepted it? True, he didn't. <laughs> I think he didn't. No. <laughs> there are there are times when teams clearly have made the decision. We're just going to move on. Um, we referenced him earlier, Wilson Contreras with the Cubs. That was a, a pretty clear example of they they had decided either we trade you at the trade deadline, and if that doesn't work out, then thanks for everything. Time to go. But that team was um, mid-rebuild. Yeah, and it's different circumstances. Yeah. And 
And I don't think the White Sox know what their circumstances are going to be at the end right. of this season. Right. And, and that's, it, that's what makes it, I think, a little more hard, to, hard for me to understand this because that situation, yeah, it seemed a little more clear cut. We're in a rebuild. We don't see you as a part of where we're going from here. Um, but the White Sox situation is different. Um, just there are times when teams clearly have made that call for whatever reason that they're just going to move on. And maybe it is strictly financial. Again, the, the one part of it that surprises me is that they're okay with it just being out there. Well, maybe they're not okay with or, it, right, but it is out it there. It is yeah. out there. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that's, and yeah. Maybe this is speculation, but like Herb's always brought up the antidote of him trying to get the most money possible when he was drafted, and he kind of went to the last minute with the Nationals and the Royals or uh, and the the Nationals and Mike Rizzo. Um, I just I'm not sure if the White Sox maybe want to deal with him. I mean, again, there was frustration before with the arbitration process. I don't know if. You know, maybe it is a situation where they just don't see the future with that player. Maybe it's not yeah. because of the quality of player, but, hey, he's been in our, our locker room for five years now, and maybe it's, it's coming to a, a separation. I would be surprised if that was it because Ethan Katz is, like, the reason, you know, like the reason why Ethan Katz is here is because Lucas Giolito, and then Ethan Katz is going to stay, and Lucas seems weird. So, I don't know. Um, it, it's – they're not out of it yet, so it, 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 nothing is written on what is going to happen with Lucas Giolito. He might be the reason why they're having a ton of success. I mean, we called him Luke Ace Giolito after his first out, last outing, so um, we'll see. Uh, let's get into the next series, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, we do have a post-game show for you tomorrow on Monday. We'll have a pre-game show on Tuesday and a post-game show then as well. Uh, we have an off day on Wednesday. We'll be with you on Thursday and Friday. Um, but Zach Granke is pitching against the White Sox tomorrow. Dylan Cease is on the bump for the Sox, 640 in Kansas City. Um, let's go to this quote, though, from last year. This was during the August 11th game where Granke was on the bump, and this was during the first inning after Luis Roberts struck out. And Steve Stone said, During the wintertime, I go to the same place Granke goes to, Starbucks. We talked over coffee on occasion, and at that time he didn't have a place to play, eventually saying, quote, I'd like to pitch at least one more year, end quote. And it turned out to be in Kansas City. Ben Attendee, line drive, right field for Mandrew Vaughn. And this is an interesting matchup for Granke with how aggressive the Sox are. Stone, and what I said to him was, well, look at our ball club. Quote, what is it about our team that you notice about them when you are pitching against them? End quote. He said, quote, I can throw them anything. They'll swing at it. Doesn't really matter. I will try to get ahead, and then I'll get them out. Out of the strike zone, and they will make it easier than it probably should have been, end quote. Um, so Zach Granke trying to kind of read the White Sox to filth there. Um, this is something where Pedro Grifol, who has talked about preparation, coming from Kansas City, I would hope has a really good game plan for Zach Granke, who has diminished stuff, is really going to try to beat the White Sox with his game plan. And if the White Sox are prepared enough this should be a bloodbath. I mean, the White Sox clearly show that they have offensive ability. Hopefully they can keep this ball rolling because so far in May, so good. And Pedro having this leg up, being in Kansas City for 10 years, it's his, it's his revenge series. I mean, I love that narrative. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know what you, I mean, make, you listen, make of the cranky. I mean, we, we, we see just the White Sox, a big narrative before the, the, losing, or the, the winning streak. 
you know, them swinging outside of the zone. I mean, Granky talks about that. I mean, what can your reaction be to that other than like, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the manager last year, the manager this year, two separate guys, what is the thing that they say is the biggest problem on the team? That, they, that, the, that the batters are, are chasing too much. You don't have to go. You don't have to go to inside the Royals clubhouse to get like the secret uh, to, to to cracking the code and beating the White Sox. The White Sox manager, whether it was Tony Larusa or Pedro Grafol, will tell you what the problem is. Now it's also the, their job and the and the job of the coaching staff to make that not the case anymore. But at the end of the day, the, the players are the guys in the boxes or the, the singular box. Yeah. You know what You know what? Granky's going to throw at you? Granky just told you he's going to throw a ball outside of the strike zone. So maybe don't swing at it. And that's not me giving them any sort of secret. They know that. They're professional baseball players. I'm a terrible athlete. They, they're going to go out. They need to go out there and execute. If you want to call it a game plan, that's fine. Or just do, do your just, job. Right. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe not game plan, but Pedro also said, like, we would, I mean, think the White Sox went 9-10 and 10 versus the Royals. Like, we would know when they're going to show up and play. Like, hopefully the White Sox, for these four games, show up and play. Because, and like, we to, talk about... According to Pedro, that has not been a problem. That's true. That could be manager speak, but according to him, there's been nothing from a mental or attitude or, or you know, emotional approach standpoint that is the reason that the White Sox are where they are in terms of their record. I think... You, and And... So many people want to be able to make that judgment through a TV screen. I don't think you can do that. But what you can determine through a TV screen is that they haven't played very well for the most part. And so that's the thing. You want to not be beat by Zach Greinke, he's play just, better. He's just <laughs> told you how to do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully they smash the Royals because, again, like if like we have the, the Royals and the A's. And the White Sox, like those are the three worst teams right now in baseball. Like you got to put yourself out of this basement and you have four games against them against Granky, Lyles, Keller, Singer. You've seen so much of Granky. You've seen a ton of Keller. You've seen a, a, a ton of Singer and Jordan Lyles gives up home runs like and, and I know Andrew Vaughn has a career home run against him. Like make them pay like this is a perfect time to really just kind of flip the script. I mean, you could be 16 and 23, seven games under 500. Yay. Uh, if you if you sweep or vacuum vacuum right it would be four games, four games? Yeah, that's four a vacuuming of, of vacuuming a vacuum. of yeah. the royals um anyways uh a that's hoovering. gonna do it in the hoovering of, of them uh <laughs> make sure you follow jared willis on twitter he's uh both our white Sox and cubs beat writer uh floating between uh he's a baseball connoisseur um and that's why he has straight smoke as well uh so follow him on twitter he's a connoisseur of many fine things Cigars. Baseball and cigars. What you smoking on the way home, or did you already do that? I, I had my smoke already, so what was I it? had a Macanudo. Okay. Yeah, of course. That's, what, that's the band Ricky Martin was in, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. and, and, yes. And that famous dance. Yeah, right. Yeah, the right. Macanudo. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, but follow Jared on Twitter, at Jay Willis, wise instead of eyes, uh, and make sure you follow him to know when the next Straight Smoke is posted so you can watch uh, that short. Make sure you're also <laughs> subscribing to our channel. We have over 30,000 subscribers. Uh, we're not at 30 likes yet, so please, for Nick Swisher, uh, Dirty 30, please hit that thumbs up button. Mags as well. Mags yeah. as well. You know, I'm a Swisher guy. Uh, that's... Uh, Vinny Duber, you can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I see our guy Herb Lawrence in, in the chat as well. Uh, shout out to Herb. And make sure you follow him because he'll be in Kansas City uh, for the next couple of games. Uh, and thank you to Steven Nicholas for producing the show and everyone hanging out with us in the chat. We'll talk to you tomorrow after the White Sox take on Zach Greinke and the Kansas City Royals with Cy Cease on the mound. Talk to you then. <laughs>